Word. So I think I got it. Yeah, I think you did. Um, so this is a weird. It's, it's episode. been a minute. Yeah, because we haven't done one in a, in a while because of obviously the pandemic, which which we're going to violate one of our rules because we like to keep things evergreen. But we're currently in the midst of. A, we violate it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> we're currently in the midst of a pandemic. So one day you may listen to this and we're no longer. But as of right now, we are in the pandemic. Good Lord, I. I hope so. One day people listen to it and we're not in a pandemic. And and so that could be bad. It's my hope that this episode isn't, you know, crazy conspiracy theories. Should we wear masks? Shouldn't we wear masks? I mean, we can talk about all that, but you're certainly not going to get any useful advice probably out of this from like a medical standpoint, but because we are not medical professionals. We are, we're not. And sometimes I wonder if we're just professionals at all, but <laughs> <laughs> so um, Cue the record scratch. <laughs> the thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Yeah, so I've got a laundry list here of just things I've noticed over the last couple of weeks. And I don't need to tell anyone that, you know, what the pandemic's like necessarily. <laughs> just look at the news and it's absolutely depressing so bob what do you think we'll just go through this list of stuff and who knows where we're going to meander maybe maybe i just want to do this episode for therapy for my own self that's kind of where i thought we were starting with this one and then old kev dropped the uh laundry list of tech related topics so it's i think it's going to be a little bit more than just therapy yeah i mean looking at the uh setup here and actually added two sons i we normally don't of course you did we normally don't share each other's kind of like show notes because we kind of want to be very organic and you know, kind of surprise each other with stuff but i figured right now uh, i'm going to start with just kind of a statement it feels like I, I can't get any sleep because of this constant anxiety or stress or whatever it is and it's not because hey kevin you're working at home now you are listening to the bob and kevin show with bob Beatty bar and kevin gisheski each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. I've worked at home for, I don't know, aggregated four or five years. Bob got like over a decade, right? Yeah, I, I think it started in 05, so, if I'm remembering correctly. So is it me or do you also kind of feel like, no, this is, this is different? No, this is definitely different. You're not the first person to even bring up the fatigue issue. And I do think some of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we've already run the disclaimer so we can talk about work stuff. Um, your team isn't 100% remote all the time, right? You have teammates that are in office Correct. normally. Yes. So See, we're about 13, 14 strong. We actually been on a hiring binge. And myself, my PM, our, our friend of the show, Kyle, now works for us. He's 100% remote. Um, and we have probably one or two, maybe three others. So we're about a 40, 60 split. Yeah, so see, in my company, it's considerably larger. <laughs> and even on my team, 
you know, we're like a part of a 13 person, 14, it vacillates, but um, we're not even 100% remote normally. But I think that having our entire organization in addition to our team being 100% remote, that has definitely um, added fatigue to my daily day. You know, I used to be pretty incognito. I could have days where they were filled with meetings, but now it's like everybody wants to reach out. And I think some of it is everybody wants to reach out to the person that they know does the work from home permanently. (laughs) And so I don't know. It's not that I feel like I'm a point of stability, but man, I was super popular during week one. It's gotten a little bit better, but uh, yeah, it's exhausting. So in uh Oh, go ahead. Much like Taco Tuesdays, we we planned for this at uh, where I work because um, that is one thing that we are as a company. And again, I'm not a spokesperson for where I work, but we have like a Friday. You know, how's it going? What's your personal number? You know, scale of one to ten. How you feeling? And it doesn't need to be work related. It's like, man, I've had a shit week. I'm a six because of the neighbors Whoa. or whatever. A shit week is a six. Damn. That's a high standard. I would well, call shit week like a three. <laughs> oh, we, we do have pretty pretty high standard. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone or heard anyone be below a six or seven yet on a scale of one to ten. Anyway, so every week, we, because I'm 100% remote, I've never worked in the office, albeit a short couple flights to Denver, and, and you know, then I turn around and come right back home. My, my project manager, she is a 100% remote worker. And I've done remote management and it's hard. And then you do remote management, right? And would you say all day, every day, would you say it's easier or harder, any different? I don't have a ton of experience of like hands on in office, like management by wandering around. I heard somebody use that phrase today. Um, I didn't really grow up that way. Like I've always had a certain amount of autonomy in my roles. So I give my team that autonomy, but I do not have that in person like go stand behind the person's desk. So what you got going on today? So I, I, my style has always been fairly remote management style. So, so where I work, we're kind of built for this and um, we're being tested right now. And I think we are fly, passing flying friggin' colors. Like our end clients, I don't think have noticed. In fact, I think they look at us and go, you know, maybe maybe we're like a little weird about somebody working in Indiana. Me, you know, even though I'm in Denver, but now it's totally making sense because you guys have not skipped a fucking beat. You know, you're just doing it. I see a lot of that. Um, you know, historically, work from home, remote work, it gets a little bit of a a weird. I don't want to say like C level or leadership stigma, but it's definitely in, in certain team circles and certain management approaches, it gets a little bit of a negative stigma. But I think this last few weeks has really gone a long way to stripping that down. And we needed it, to be honest, because at least personally, selfishly, I need it because I I live in what we call our forever home. We build a a castle and we're going to die here, (laughs) for a better way to say it. And um, while I really love where I work, you know, you you don't want to like be beholden to the company just because they're the only ones that can do remote work. So I'm very happy that, you know, I, I can do this, but I'm also happy that, you know, our talent pool 
because of the remote remote work thing is uh, less of a stigma. <laughs> so let's look at this as a silver lining. You know, all it took was a pandemic, you know, <laughs> to remove that stigma. Um, but it's great because hiring remote workers sh- shouldn't be like this hipster, cool, well, you know, whatever. It should be the norm, to be honest. And one thing that, again, I'm going to toot the horn of where I work. Um, when the schools closed, again, we didn't really miss too many beats because we already have a culture of, hey, if, if you need child care, if you need to uh, take care of grandma, if you need to pick up the parents from the airport and it's during business hours, who cares? Just go do it. Because a lot of these big companies are like, well, shit, I got to make this excuse because I got to run this errand at two o'clock and it's during the work day. Uh, just put out of office and don't tell anyone. No, we're like totally off. It's like open. And we're just like, oh, yeah, I got to go pick up my kids there. One's got robotics tonight and I'll, I'll be back on after. So. Yeah, see, that's a really interesting point that you bring up from a cultural standpoint, too. Like, I wonder how much, as employees, we create, like, our own mythology about how a workplace views stuff like that. Because I know, and I've been seeing it online, not just from my company's response, but you're seeing a lot of, like, compassion and statements that are being made, apparently, for the first time, but obviously... Uh, well, no, maybe it's not, obviously. Maybe it is because we're all in the same boat together that now these people in their quote-unquote ivory towers are saying, hey, it's okay if you have a CNN interview moment and your kid comes toddling in. That's just part of life right now. And it, it's like part of me in my head is saying, you know, actually that's been part of life since the beginning of life. Right. We've just refused to acknowledge it at the big corporate level. But I think people are starting to acknowledge it. So I've had a weird like silver lining day today around this whole thing. And I think, you know, for some, depending on where you live, you could be seven days into shelter in place or stay at home orders, or you could be day 14 or you could be day 21. And uh, today I think I'm somewhere around 15 ish. I don't know. I can't even keep track anymore, but there's been a lot more I've noticed. And maybe this is just a mental shift for me seen a lot more silver linings, taking time to sniff the roses and seeing the good in people where it has been like so brutal for so many days, like you, you alluded to at the beginning of the show, Kevin. Yeah. So I'm used to working at home. I'm, I feel like I'm built for working from home, you know, and it's funny because as soon as everyone started working from home, there was no shortage of people who have been doing it a week, putting out their YouTube videos on how they're an expert at it now. And yeah, I just we kind of <laughs> giggle about that stuff. It's like, yeah, I've been doing a week. Yeah, go ahead and make that that blog post on how you got all the tips. Go for it. And, you know, it's great. You know, people do need that information. But it's just kind of funny. It's, it's kind of like um, the homeschooler mom who's just kind of shaking her head going, oh, now you're homeschooling the kids kind of, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. And I'm just watching you struggle. Huh, how about that? And, you know, I, so I kind of look at some of the other work from home people who just started doing it. And I'm like, yeah, that stinks. Um, and I'm also... You can always tell those clickbait articles of people who've never really worked from home before too because it talks about none of the real life, like the distancing part of it, like get your ass off your chair, take a break, walk around. Yeah. Like they all, they all lack those. <laughs> um, and then I kind of giggle at big corporate enterprise and I'm not going to name them specifically, but they have, I've worked at them before and they have a no work from home policy. We don't allow work from home. Hmm. No exceptions. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we went from no exception to it's the norm because of basically a mandate. So of course, 
the the governors and the president are providing cover for these no exceptions policy because well that's that's the only thing you're allowed to do at this point for for certain jobs and uh so yeah um to, to put a nice bow on this i think the stigma and the, the dumbassness or dumb policies of you can't work from home hopefully are are like gone because just like when we went to a post 9-11 world with security and stuff hopefully we're in the post you know uh pandemic world where hey these norms and these basically we reset the market or the expectation hopefully on work from home so i'm looking at that as a silver lining what do you think oh a hundred percent and i think we're going to see a lot of long-term I, you know maybe they're positive maybe they're negative but i think a long a lot of long-term like permanent shifts in the way things are done. If we can bring this back to technology, I think we can get there pretty easily. What have your thoughts been on how technology has responded (laughs) to this relatively instant shift from, you know, everyone being in office building to everyone being at home? So the best analogy I can come up with is the power goes out and now you're on your battery backup, your PC. So basically, the, the lights go off, your monitor is still on, your tower's on because you're prepared, because you have a battery. But that battery's only going to last for so long. And then there's other people going, what's a, what's a backup battery? <laughs> so there's like different, you know, aspects of society here. And then, so some of the good is as well, we have an e-commerce system. Imagine being in this pandemic without e-commerce. And I know we're 20 some years into e-commerce, but at least we had that going for us. Um, we had these things like food delivery, uh, pick up in the parking lot, uh, some of the gig stuff like Instacart, even though they're looking at striking the same with Amazon. Um, we have Zoom. We don't just have Google Hangouts. We have Zoom. We have uh, Hangouts. We've got a bunch of other choices. We're going to definitely loop back around on some of this with the, for all the right. privacy and whatnot. Um, let's see what else. Uh, we, we live in a society where the president can invoke whatever the, whatever act is. And, you know, we've got General Motors and we got Tesla building. The War Powers Act. Yeah, we got, we got them building ventilators. Um, we've got, uh, you know, stuff like cell phone tracking when the kids go down to spring break and then <laughs> they redistribute back to wherever it is. You know, the, the eye in the sky knows where you went. That's very scary. Um, so I, I think in some ways we were very prepared for this, but in other ways we're not meaning I'm rural internet and my internet sucks big time. And, but has it changed since, like, has it gotten worse because of um, this change societally? No, but there's a, there's a reason for that. I'm on line of sight internet and it means I point my house a little, satellite booking dish, not up in the sky, but to a, uh, a, a basically a grain silo, and there's an antenna on it. What can I tell you about that traffic? Well, that traffic doesn't go up and down because we're rural. They don't they don't plant house seeds, and then a whole subdivision just shows up overnight. Now, if right, I... Right, but you have other people in your neighborhood that are now working from home using that line of sight during hours where they weren't typically using it, right? Well, there's the other thing. I am a software engineer in a farm community. So it's not exactly like a bunch of farmers are now working from home on the laptop. They're still out in the fields working. So for, sure. from my perspective, it, there's good and bad. My shitty seven meg down is still shitty seven meg down. But, you know, if I were to go into into the local town here where there's a, they have a housing addition, their 80 meg pipe, which I used to have, is probably down 
considerably for that reason. See, and that's a question that I had too. And I don't necessarily know, like I haven't been running speed checks, but I haven't, like we've all seen articles floating around like that, you know, Netflix was going to throttle or YouTube might throttle, you know, their bandwidth because of, you know, these new larger pipe needs during the day. And I haven't noticed any change in my performance. In fact, that was one of the things that I'm actually most like impressed with. But I guess at the end of the day, you're really just sliding pieces around. You know, if you had a 400 person office that was using a collection of T1 lines, that bandwidth was still going through, you know, global routers and all that kind of stuff anyway. So if they just move those people home, you know, they always say that if you're on like a cable pipe that you know the more people that are on that the less piece you're going to get but i think with how ubiquitous you know the internet of things and streaming services and things like that i feel like there's always a constant level of strain on those pipes anyway and i don't think we added to it very much um so i am familiar with a few big companies that have added capacity and CenturyLink is one of them. They're, they're, they're a layperson. They're a national United States uh, carrier. There's several of them. And they're adding capacity to cope. Uh, I believe Netflix is throttling just Europe right now because reasons. But I would like to bring, <laughs> I would like to bring up the concept of, not my concept, but blue cities and red states. So uh, be, what I'm getting at is you live in a blue city. Blue cities. Blue cities in red states. Yes. So you li- okay. you live in a blue city. So basically, it's urban versus rural. We have different concerns right, when it comes to a lot of things, politics, but technology is, as well. So a blue city needs high speed internet and gets it because the density of population is so high that the return on investment of a internet provider is there. Out in red rural areas, you have to go you know, quite a bit just to see a different, another house. So the return on investment, if somebody were to try to lay fiber or infrastructure up there really is low. And so that's where people like where I live, we have to big borrow, steal our internet, get it through line of sight, get it over uh, DSL. If you happen to have somebody. Uh, and then of course we've talked about in a previous episode, Starlink up and coming, but I'm not really, you know, thinking that's going to happen anytime soon. So anyway, when times of pandemic like this and we're like, everyone go home and work, the blue cities probably can handle it because they've got the infrastructure, they've got the fiber lines, where the red states, the rural areas, they are less equipped for this, but they don't really change much. Probably, you know, again, we've got rural uh, people doing blue collar jobs as opposed to software engineers like me and I kind of fish out of water. Where am I going with all this? I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, um, this is yet another thing um, because uh, there's a, there's a phenomena I see going on where it's like global warming. A lot of people out here in the rural areas, we talk about global warming. It's snowing here because they don't see people lined up at you know coronavirus victims. They don't see these field hospitals. They don't see the New York City makeshift morgues. They they're kind of doing this whole. You know, we're, you know, this is all for nothing. We're ruining the economy for nothing. So they can't see it. Therefore, you know, conspiracy theories are starting to, like, come up and whatnot. You see it in the news. Anyway, I'm ranting now. I don't even know what my point is anyway. Anyway, perception is really different here. 
<laughs> well, let's bring it back to tech for a second. So your kids are home. Yes. My college age child is home and she is engaged in distance learning through her university. Are your kids out of school, out of school, or are they doing distance learning as well? Um, they're doing distance learning and starting next week, they don't, they're going to have a week off from it because it would have been their natural spring break. Um, my, that's a late one. Indiana, we're we're late to the party a lot of things. Oh, you actually go to school into June as well, right? Uh, usually till the end of May, sometimes first week of June, sometimes, but we go back to school in August. So that's a quick little, quick little stint after spring break till the end of the year, huh? Yeah. Um, all right, you asked me about this. So we've actually, we're, I feel like we're ahead because I know some Colorado coworkers where they're caught with their pants down because the school systems have no e-learning. Um, I have no idea about Denver or Boulder specifically, but in one particular area of Colorado, they've got nothing and they're totally scrambling. And so I'm actually happy to report that, yes, we, we are doing distance learning, e-learning. We've, we've done it because of snow. That's why they developed an e-learning system. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Because the way the state laws in Indiana are, if you miss days and you have no e-learning, then it counts against you. You're only allowed to have so many. And if you go over that limit, you'll be going to school into June. So because we don't want to go in June, we do the e-learning thing and we rarely ever have to make up any days because of that. Now, that being said, the, it's difficult because I have a second grader and a fifth grader. The fifth grader is pretty good at it. He's done it for, you know, five or six years now. The second grader gets an assignment from the art teacher and the art teacher writes it in a way on Google Docs that makes it feel like he's speaking to a third year college junior. You know, Ooh. it's just like, you know, click this dude, you know, I, I mean, it's just like, whoa, she's in second grade, dude. And then it, it's strong language. Like you'll get a zero if you don't turn in this assignment. She's just like trying to understand, you know, like what to do because there's all these things to click on. And I'm just like, Man. And this person taught to these children when they would attend in-person school? Yeah. Um, I, I'll go on record and say art is not their favorite subject at school, and it's not because of the subject matter. <laughs> wow. That's terrible. I know, right? Art's supposed For to be For second grade art teacher? Ugh. Well, it, it's, com- yeah, it's a typical elementary where you've got the art teacher that covers all grades. You know, it's like they call it the special, like the music teacher, librarian, you know. Yeah, but still, you're not speaking to fifth graders. Like, you're going to get a zero. Yeah, I read that. She's like, can you help me, Dad? I'm, I'm reading it. I'm reading this. Man, this is pretty strong language. You know, I, I would expect this, you know, if I were, you know, like, in college. In college, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is almost like, wow, this is just in second grade. She, she wants to do the right thing here. And there's kind of like this language around it, basically threatening. It's like, first off, it's second grade art. We're going to be fine, guys. We're going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> so anyway. Apparently things have changed a lot since we were in second grade. Uh, so anyway, you asked about e-learning. That's that's my e-learning info. It's pretty interesting from a university perspective. I mean, I didn't really think about the distance learning aspect of a university structure. And, and Lillian's school, I mean, it feels like they haven't missed a beat. So, that's great. Yeah. But it's also very interesting when you think about when all this is over. (laughs) Why even go back? Right. Like, does this change? I mean, obviously for labs and things like that, you'd love to have a hands-on facility. But do college campuses need to be nearly the size that they are now? Bob, 
ask me what my second degree was after after I got out of the military. Kevin, I've been wondering about this for a really long time. What was your second degree in when you got out of the so military? So when I got out of the, the military, way? Bob, I had this thing called the GI Bill. I had an associate's degree, but I was like, damn, I should get my bachelor's. And you know what? I went to Western <laughs> Governors University, an online college based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, got my four-year degree. Then I went on to do my master's program, dropped out my last class because I'm an idiot. And... Uh, I was able to, to uh, do a lot of learning, and I'm of the opinion now that why do we have um, actually get-together college? And I have one answer for you, or two answers for you. The first one is drink beer. <laughs> the second one is the societal part of it, right? Just to meet people and get out of the house. So I guess that's my answer. Yeah, and this was one of the things that I was thinking about, too. I mean... They did do this without skipping a beat. They obviously have the capacity for it. They obviously have the curriculum for it. But yeah, that social aspect of it, like how do you, I mean, obviously you can replicate it. Kids have been fine since the dawn of time without going to college. So I don't know. I just, I think it's going to change the landscape of, um, you know, uh, advanced education moving forward. I would hope so. I think that they could definitely get away with making it a little bit more affordable because the universities would not have to have such a large footprint. You know, I don't know what made me think of this, but so I got, we have a Walmart and a Kroger in town. Um, I think everyone knows what a Walmart is. Kroger. Yeah. I think most Americans do. It's a, it's a private grocery store chain. Maybe it's public. Who knows? Anyway, grocery store. Those are regional. Oh, they are. So okay. not everyone knows. All right. So grocery store. Um, but I went to the Walmart and, you know, over the years they've had less and less people at the checkouts and more and more self-checkouts, right? So you might be thinking, oh, that's great technology. But I'll tell you what, like a week ago when I walk up to one and I'm about ready to check out, I'm like, do I really want to touch the screen? (laughs) This is kind of gross. There's no sort of uh, wipes here. God knows what boogers are already on here. You know, you you hear this virus. Our stores are... Our stores are staffed with people just cleaning those sliders. Ah, so yeah, it, it looks like a petri dish to me now. It, but not just Walmart. Let's pick on them. Everything looks like a petri <laughs> dish now. I mean, the old thing was, or the typical thing with a hotel is, don't wear, don't walk barefoot in a hotel room. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, for God knows, you know, they're not cleaning those carpets like you know you'd expect them. Or hope they would, right? Uh, so I love my blissful ignorance sometimes. <laughs> I'm just saying, everything. Thanks for stealing my childhood innocence, Kevin. Uh, cruise ships, I just feel like are a completely bad idea beforehand, and now I'm just like doubled down on that. That's still a bad yeah. Idea. I think that the world would still be an okay place if the cruise industry didn't come back, but. I have relatives that would vehemently disagree with me. But, I, I'm oh well. still shocked that there's two boats right now in the Caribbean looking to, to dock in Florida because you can't find anyone take them because they've got sick people on it. I'm just like... Uh, and dead people. Sick oh, people and too. dead people. I, I'm just going, at what point was leaving and you know getting everyone on the boat a good idea like earlier this week? When was that a good idea? I, yeah. Had this conversation with my siblings this week and i'm like i feel like they're th- that industry's in a giant hole i mean if one person gets sick they're going to get right back to where they are at this exact minute because no one's going to take that ship back into port <laughs> no heck no um speaking of industries that are kind of in a shit spot right now the gig economy type jobs uber lyft 
there's nobody out there traveling. Are, are there? I mean, you're in you're in the the area of the world that I I use Uber extensively. Are people using Ubers and Lyfts right now? I don't think so. It's so quiet. I mean, we drove to take to get Lillian's stuff out of her dorm yesterday officially, and there was more traffic than I expected. But like in town here, no, nah, the streets are really virtually empty. Um, restaurants and bars. I mean, you're really starting to see recession-proof and non-recession-proof jobs. I'm kind of looking at every job right now going recession-proof, non-recession-proof. You're fucked. You're going to be fine for a while at least. You're, you're fucked probably for a long time. Um, healthcare and IT, thankfully, which is what my wife and I are in, um, that, that's stable for now. But if the whole entire economy, like all these friends, I don't want what, what do we call like the societal economy? I mean, they're clearly not necessary, but they're definitely like a artifact of a, of a sophisticated society. Those things, you know, if that completely collapses, I'm trying to reabsorb them in somewhere else is only going to work for so long before these non uh, or before these recession proof jobs actually fall over too, because the whole thing is just going to go to shit. Yeah. This is something that I struggle with. And I see that you have on one of your points, stimulus and bailouts. And it's kind of like, it's crazy, especially here in the States when you have this narrative that's lasted so long that there's just not any money to do fill in the blank. Like the only money we have is to, you know, fund wars and to build war stuff. But now something like this happens and money seems to be falling out of the sky. I mean, I know it's got to be paid back somewhere, somehow, sometime, but you know, I, I feel like this is too little too late or even too much too late. <laughs> yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be enough money, but it's going to take too long to get there. So I'm not an expert on balancing the budget for the government, whatnot, but I feel like the government can print money and does print money. And I think the, yes. the side effect that is of that is inflation. Like, in principle, that, that's what it is. But yeah, when they just kind of like, we're going to drop $2 trillion here, and you know, I don't know how that works. And then I was, and, and to go political, and I don't mean to, but Andrew Yang had this whole idea of universal basic income. And at first I was like, yeah, I don't understand. Doesn't that make, you know, where's the money come from? And doesn't that just inflate everything? But then I hear the the other argument is, is well, that's also equivalent to a half of an aircraft carrier, Kevin. You know, can we do without half an aircraft carrier? Well, maybe, yes, maybe we can. We can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, I'm former military, so I can totally side with, and people are like, we need money for defense, but to a point, you know, and, and I want to raise the, the dead here with Eisenhower. Eisenhower in his um, farewell speech when he left office was the warning of the military industrial complex. And let me tell you, that's where we're at. I mean, war is great business for a large sector of our, uh, you know, economy. And uh, it would be nice if it weren't. And um, right. Yeah, I think we have a lot to go as far as maybe this pandemic is, even though I know there's people dying, but maybe there is a blessing to in the, of the, the future will be blessed from today's mistakes or, or even the most recent mistakes because we have our pants down right now. We are sucking ass at this whole pandemic thing. And fortunately, we've got a lot of smart people who are 
are able to uh, help us out and kind of, you know, we just happen to have these things like video conferencing and the internet, you know, great. Those are all good. But man, it really starts to, what's important right now isn't the fact that we've got six nuclear aircraft carriers floating around the world. I know, yeah, we could get attacked and get it. But it would be really nice to know that, well, we have this infrastructure, we have solar panels, we have this uh, sustainability thing. And I'm ranting now, but one thing that I'm pledging to do, and my wife is 100% on board, we want to be more sustainable, self-sustainable. Like we're going to build a chicken coop later this year and raise our own chickens. And we're already in well water. We're, we're, you know, we're already doing some things. I don't want to sound like a prepper and whatnot, but it, boy, it sure is nice. But again, there's your blue city, red state thing. Because, Bob, you can't just have a chicken coop in your apartment, but I can, right? No, right. But if I had a house around here, I'm pretty sure chickens are allowed. Because, I mean, it is bolder after all. <laughs> well, we we, etern- or we will always have this conflict between urban and rural. Because in urban, you know, if I'm living on the third floor of an apartment or 10th floor of a high-rise apartment, I have way different concerns than the person who's living out, you know, in the country. You know, tr- we're talking transportation differences. We're talking services available to you differences. We're talking about... Okay, if society collapses and you're living on the tenth floor of an apartment building, that's only going to last for so long. Where now the rural person, the advantage rural person, because now they're <laughs> sustainable. You know, it's just like there's this give and take here. And on Twitter and when I see a lot of um, a lot of conflict, you know, this <laughs> if you no on Twitter <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm not an oracle here. Wow, Kevin, tell <laughs> us more. <laughs> uh, I just say. People, people are angry. They're exhausted. They're fatigued. I feel like. What are they angry about, though? Uh, Help me out with that one, because I mean, I see the anger too, but I, I can't like. Anger is like the farthest thing from my mind right now. Well, it's so weird. I, I think we have a communication problem because we've got a perfect storm, and we've kind of talked about this. You called it the perfect shit storm, and I think you're actually more <laughs> accurate. We've gone. For three, going on four years of being told to not believe the media. Don't believe it. It's fake news. And then when something like this happens, oh, well, we're in this position because of our CDC. And this comes from the leader. You know, the CDC reports to, to the leader. And it's, Dear leader. it's their fault. And so there's like no accountability, but there's no shortage of people making excuses for him. And there's, um, so there's a lot of just, you know, we've set ourselves up to not believe it. And then we we were in denial mode. This really isn't happening. This is an external United States problem. This is happening in China. It's the Chinese virus, air quotes. You know, and, and all these things. It won't come here. We've got the best healthcare system in the world. And it just, it'll just go away. And then it didn't. And now we're having, fortunately, what looks like a mea culpa, sort of at least his version, uh, where it's like he's coming to terms with the fact that people are dying and you can't hide from that. And so we've gone through in the last two weeks this just complete denial on one side, this complete, well, are we overreacting? You know, I mean, there's just all these emotions. And then now we're finally like, fuck, this sucks. How did we get here? And we're just all like, ah, I'm tired. I wonder why we're exhausted. Exactly. So. All right. So. One of the things that I saw that you put on your list, which I'm intrigued by, because I know you have some angst about this as well, Amazon is now the gatekeeper of what's essential. 
So there's my inner thought because that was a verbatim of the note <laughs> here because. So well, no, you didn't have essential on there, but you said that to me earlier. So we, we again more perfect shitstorm. You know, chapter two. Um, Amazon is really good at what they do, and they're so good that they they support their system with AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. They have their own distribution. They started doing their own shipping, so they have a very vertically integrated conglomerate conglomeration of things. The side effect is that is the same thing that when Walmart invades your small town with a big box store, they push out the moms and pops. Well, Walmart, you've met your match. It's called Amazon. And Amazon, you know, really putting hurt on uh, brick and mortar stores, you know, your traditional stores. So fast forward to today um, and they sell you prime shipping. We'll get your shit there in two days or less, sometimes one day or less, sometimes the same day. And we've all been lulled into it. This is the new normal. And then that system has actually now stressed and breaking down to the point now where if I need something, Amazon can no longer fulfill their promise of two days, one day or whatever shipping. Therefore, they're throttling what goes out and they become the gatekeeper of what it is and isn't going to go out now or later. So I think that there's a couple of nuances in there that maybe some of that anger that we talked about a couple of seconds ago <laughs> might be clouding. So yes, Amazon does have their own brands, their own manufacturing, their own distribution via their shipping and things like that. But I don't know for a fact what percentage that is of everything that makes up Amazon. Because I know that there's tons of independent vendors that distribute goods through other traditional shipping channels within Amazon's giant marketplace, right? Yeah, I don't have stats in front of me. I, I only have anecdotal evidence, um, which sucks, but it's always good for the emotion, but sucks for any sort of actual re reasonable scientific basis. <laughs> so, right, so some of my anecdotal evidence, though, and yes, there might be something happening where they have to decide that they, they're delaying the shipment on something, but they might not actually be deciding that. That might just be that they have a downstream provider that is unable to ship because of regulations where they are so that Amazon can't distribute that material. Because we bought a desk, a stand-up desk, right at the start of this. Actually, delayed start because we, we thought we were going to be able to make it without adding a desk. And we actually got that a day ahead of schedule on shipping because this is why I believe is it because it was an Amazon Essentials stand-up desk, which means it was in their inventory, in their direct control, and able to be distributed by them. Now, there's a bunch of other products, like say you're buying toilet paper through Amazon. Amazon's not printing that toilet paper. So if there's no toilet paper to be shipped, that shipment's going to be delayed. So agree on the, if it's not in stock, but the optics of it is in stock, you hit add to cart, prime shipping available, you hit it, and then after checkout, they're like, it will be in two weeks. And it's like, wait a second, yeah. if it's in stock, I'm confused. I can't really defend there, but since they are in so many different municipalities with their, their warehouses, there might be local things at play that are preventing some of those deliveries that we don't know about. Agreed. They also employ a bunch of gig drivers too. Agreed. So, so there's, I don't know what their circumstances. There's the lockdown. So what is and what isn't essential services has been an uh, ever- 
never or never ending debate around here because is a church essentially, is a restaurant essentially, is the post office essentially, is blah blah blah. You know, and you're gonna have fifteen people have probably fourteen different uh reasonings. Um so hundred percent true. So let's empathize a bit with All the- I can say is definitively definitively weed shops are essential. <laughs> I would, I would, well by by uh by mandate, I believe they are because they weren't at yes. first, and then there was enough complainers, <laughs> and now that now it is essential. So yeah, liquor stores too, apparently. Um, so let's empathize with the warehouse worker at Amazon. They're probably overworked, underpaid, and they're like, "Fuck this shit! Why do I want to go risk myself so you can get your USB cable shipped to you, Kevin?" And I totally get that. I totally get that. But I then look at the front office of Amazon and go, "Hey, motherfuckers, you put out." Everyone, you put out a bunch of your competition because of your monopoly. And now, how convenient is it for you that you can ship the Amazon branded stuff and not the non-Amazon branded stuff? And now, Kevin, that's that's just in your head. We're not really doing that. Great. How am I ever going to know that? Because you know what it looks like right now? It looks like right now you can do whatever the hell you want. You can get yourself out of this two-day shipping thing. Just And you can go, well, Jeff Bezos has sent you an email on what he is doing in response to COVID-19, just like every other CEO has done, <laughs> which is really just a way to say, hey, I got a marketing email in your inbox. It's, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, that's 100% sadly true. Um, I have a good example use case here. Have you, in the last three weeks, tried to purchase a piece of exercise equipment anywhere? I haven't because I actually own a fair amount because of our previous episode, Bob and Kevin Show, where we did uh, exercise or a workout thing. I have a, I have all my weights and I have a, uh, what do you call it? Shit, I can't remember. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Nordic Track? No, uh Oh gosh! Heavy bag? No, <laughs> I'm making like this motion here, and I can't even. It's not a treadmill. It's an elliptical. A, thank you. Elliptical. An elliptical. Oh my god! I, I wow, think, that was like the worst game of charades ever. Right, especially for radio, because you can see me because <laughs> we use Zoom for this, but nobody else is. What is going on? What's going to say? Anyway, no, Bob, I haven't. Go ahead. <laughs> so I used to have a bunch of equipment too when I lived in a four-bedroom house. Um, now I live in a two-bedroom apartment, and we sold it all before we moved. So uh, now that the three of us are basically, you know, locked in in our house, can't go to the gym here at the apartment complex or enjoy the pool or the hot tub. It's a very sad time. Um, We decided that we would just, you know, run down to the Target, Walmart, the fitness store, the hardware store, uh, check on Amazon for some dumbbells. I uh, went to onnit.com where I have my kettlebells from to see if they had any lighter weight kettlebells for all of us to share and enjoy. There is not a single piece of exercise equipment to be found anywhere. That's amazing because I have, I too have started noticing shortages. The first thing I noticed was like everybody else, toilet paper. Why the fuck toilet paper? I don't know, but I guess if if, if you're going to need one thing in a dystopian world, Toilet paper is probably on the list, right? So, bidets are all sold out too. Did you know that? I am not surprised at all because as soon as, <laughs> as toilet paper went first, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the next thing I saw was webcams. Like I am in desperate need. I of saw a that webcam. on your list. That's so interesting. Why do you need another webcam? 
So I'm doing live stream for the church that I go to, and they, oh. they don't have anything as far as gear. So I've been moving all my gear every Sunday over there, set up and bring it home. And I want them to be self-sufficient moving forward, and uh, I don't want to have to break down setup. So I've been on a hunt for some cameras. Also, I need additional cameras because I use OBS um, for for the production, and I like to be able to switch between cameras. There's a limitation with OBS, blah blah blah. Anyway, I I, <laughs> I need I need more different brands of cameras because they can't tell the same camera apart on a laptop without using you know a pc anyway reasons oh interesting i didn't know about that part yeah so that's a good workaround though yeah so if you get a different brand it's not anyway uh so obs uh cameras so webcams is uh something i noticed and the other thing that i noticed um actually i didn't notice but people in europe especially the uk cloud storage that scaled you know an infinitely scalable resource it's not so infinitely yeah that part scalable. blows my mind <laughs> i could see a shortage on webcams but not on server storage space you think not in 2020 well i i think it was more part of this um perfect shitstorm. it was because microsoft deployed microsoft teams to that region at a, at a just before all this therefore they you know so they ate it all up yeah they ate up a lot of those music now again i guess we should the fact checkers how do you know that kevin actually i don't know that again it's just what (laughs) people have been kind of clamoring about but what i can tell you is the resources have been uh, hard come by azure devops you know can't get an agent builds like two hours later you know there's just you know kind of a shit show there i'm not blaming microsoft it was just you know (laughs) here we are in a world you can't expect amazon or azure or whoever to have infinite resources they have a cushion i'm sure but uh yeah there you go what else well i wanted to kind of if we could use this as the last segment i think it would be good um kevin i want you to take a trip back in time to the very recent past let's call it 14 days ago, there is a, there is a darling company that basically saved the world. And I, and I think the name of that company is zoom technology (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) or zoom communications. I can't, there's one that's got a ticker symbol that actually is Z O O M and it's not the video company. Um, yeah, that's a whole nother story for another time. Um, but so zoom, you know, the, the, actually the piece of software that we're using right now to create, a, minimize the impact of social distancing for our podcast recording was the darling of the world 14 days ago. What happened as of the last 24 to 48 hours? Well, um, the last 24 to 48 hours, um, one of their bullet points on their website said full end-to-end encryption or something like that. And they got called out and said, People are saying that's not full end-to-end encryption because Zoom, you can actually eavesdrop on the conversation. I'm like, oh, you mean like WhatsApp does? We've been saying for years that Facebook, you know, your your conversation is safe between you and me, Bob, and Facebook. You know, so we can say the same with Zoom right now. This conversation is very safe between you and me and Zoom. And I guess when we publish this podcast, whatever. Right. <laughs> That's a whole different story. But uh, 
Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned Facebook. Wasn't there some controversy with Facebook and Zoom also in the last 24 and 48 hours? Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing that one up, too. Um, yeah. So apparently... Our good friend Facebook, by the way. Conveniently, <laughs> somewhere in the bowels of the Zoom, you know, one iteration, I don't know what client it was, somebody found, hey, uh, you're sending data off to Facebook, Zoom, and they quickly patched it. I think it was on Apple, maybe. Does that, does that sound familiar? All the kids are sending information to Facebook these days, though, aren't they? Well, you know, I just talked to somebody today. I get on Zoom. That's why I'm just, like, so exhausted. We live in a society now where we've normalized getting fucked. Oh, privacy? No, you can't have that. What are you talking about, Kevin? It's 2020. You can't have all this cool stuff. There's no expectation of privacy. You can't have the... You can't wear this little watch right here and tell you your heart rate and expect you to have privacy, do you? No, you can't do that. So that's the world we live in. Anybody who's ever listened to another episode of the show knows that I say those words all the time. Maybe. That, that, but that wasn't my Bob voice, so I don't know what voice that was. But, um, you know, I, I discovered recently my fitness pal, I think, or my Fitbit was, is also has, has these background like calls off to Facebook. And I, I, I called him out and like, Hey, Hey, you know, Twitter handle, what, what are these calls? And they're like, Oh, it's when you link your Facebook account. I'm like, well, first off, I don't have a Facebook account. It's not linked. So hit me again. Oh, we don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. mystery data. Sorry. So allegedly, if you're using the Facebook SDK to, to send off data for cash, you have to let your users know. And apparently Zoom was not uh, disclosing that, right? Oops. But this is this is a Facebook rule, not like a government law. This is, hey, if you're going to use our Facebook SDK, you should tell your users. But if you don't, we don't care. We'll still pay you and take your data. Right. It's yeah. just a recommended best practice. Exactly. You don't have to follow it. Exactly. So do you think that there's going to be backlash to Zoom, even though no. they were the hero of the story up until yesterday? There'll be a backlash with the, the typical noisy people like me on Twitter who who are like, yeah, this sucks, this is dumb, but my kids use Zoom for school, and the teachers have no viable alternatives. Am I going to go to my, my kid's school? Hey, hey, you over there, stop using Zoom reasons, you know, and give them a bunch of articles to click on. They won't send them it. the link to send them the link to Jitsi Meet. Well, yeah, you sent me that, and not gonna lie, just the domain looks like sketch. What is this? Meetjit.si. Me? Meet <laughs> it's an open source version of Zoom, which actually claims to have end-to-end encryption. So, explain that to me. How is there an open source version of Zoom? Well, it's not an open source version of Zoom. It's just a product that's very Zoom-like, that's open source and ah, features true end-to-end encryption. So it's not like somebody, well, I mean, they could have cloned it in theory, but... Well, I mean, I would assume... It's supposed to be free, no accounts required. I Seems assume, a little too good to be true. I assume Zoom, though, is closed source, so... It, oh, yeah. Okay, so have you, have you test-driven this? When you say it's end-to-end encryption, are you setting up your encryption keys with the persons you're talking to? Because if not, then it's also not. Right. No, I have not demoed (laughs) it. I just saw it in a tweet literally minutes before we went on air and that's when I shared it with you. So that was all kind of part of my, is there going to be backlash for Zoom or not? I don't think there's going to be. And I think, you know, the people that do make noise, all respect to them. Um, But, you know, I put a tweet out earlier today that just said, you know, people who think that there's an expectation of privacy when they're not paying for something are just naive. 
So, um, so yeah. I, I learned a new word. I think we all learned a new word. Zoom bombing. You familiar with that one? Oh yeah. It, it's, it's actually been happening for a very long time. The, so, the, the passcode to get into a meeting is just the numeric string at the end of the URL. So any pervert could get that and bomb your meeting. <laughs> yeah, it seems, uh, seems a little strange. I, I was wondering why does it Hangouts have this problem or does Hangouts have this problem? And if I send you a link, a lot of times, or if somebody sends me a link to Hangout, I'll click it. And of course, what happens? I'm using the wrong fucking Gmail or Google account. I got to you know, sign in as <laughs> Switch this accounts. one over yep. here. Otherwise, I got to request access. So I imagine there's some sort of prevention there for a Hangout. But for Zoom, he would think they were, I mean, that seems pretty basic, right? Hey, who are you trying to let in here? Now, my daughter called uh, one of her schoolmates, classmates today, and it required the, the Zoom meeting ID and a password. So I don't know if people are just being lazy or if, like you're saying, maybe it's just in the URL string and it's like, hello. I think by default, unless you turn on some kind of protection, the, the, X number digit thing at the end of the zoom.us URL is the password. All right. So, so roll me this back. I think that's the out of the box. So, I mean, we've all used services where it's like, okay, Google Docs, here, you know, anyone who has this link can get in. So basically, that's what you're, you know, you're, you're yeah. telling me. Okay. So yeah. share this link. And sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes people will paste the link to join a meeting in a public venue like yeah. Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And or someone will paste in a Slack channel and someone will paste it publicly and that's how they get in. So I mean, if, if if that's the case, I don't I don't fault Zoom for that. I fault the shitty practices of people sharing protected resource links, maybe. Oh but poor user behavior for sure. Right. So of course I, I don't know the, the, the whole story behind the Zoom bomb. Other than I just know to like uh, that it can happen. So somebody, I guess, could jump into this meeting. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You know, if they fl- if they start like showing me like their junk or something, I I got news for them. They're gonna probably oh no, I pro- they'll probably take pictures if I return the favor. Anyway, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to return the favor. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> fair enough. Um, no, it's funny because like two years ago, I was in a Zoom meeting with a large group from a popular open source project that we're both familiar with, and somebody popped in naked that wasn't part of our group oh that's so right it's been happening I, for a while I remember were you that, on that call too I, I i got to that call late uh and and i i missed it so that's amazing so <laughs> wow okay um so any, anything more on zoom that you got there no i mean i'm actually i you know typical me fashion okay great there and then encryption isn't necessarily true and blah 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 I'm still going to use it because it's a great easy tool. I mean, right. So, so let's look at this um, in, in a variety of ways. So, pragmatically, me, you and I use Zoom. Why? Because if somebody jumps in here with their junk, we'll just laugh. <laughs> You're right. Um, so, right. it's just us, but it's, it's not a like, large corporate communication platform. Right. So, so it's a risk assessment here. Um, is this encrypted NONs? No, it's not. So, am I worried that somebody may get a copy of this video? and do something uh if they do my my give a fuck's low and because uh, we're publishing that anyways <laughs> right so and the positive here is that it does what i need it to do so i think everyone has to have a risk assessment so if, if in a vacuum if you say there's no end-to-end encryption blah 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 yes that's factually correct however it doesn't matter for what 
what it is you're trying to do. And for me, this is a very transient uh, phone call, if you will, and I don't care. However, if I put on my hat, my father hat for my children, yeah, I don't want that happening to them. And I don't want any strangers having any contact with my children whatsoever. Uh, you know, right? Well, have you seen the warnings of like, you know, saying, hey, teachers, or even people in the workforce, if you're having a large scale Zoom meeting and you're going to think it's going to be fun to post it on social media, that this is how you're, you know, overcoming social distancing or whatever, or teaching your class, you better make sure that you blur out the names of the participants because that's kind of, that's a lot of PII, your name and your photo. Obviously you obscure yourself a little bit with Kevinator 2000, but my (laughs) full name's in mine. Bob's referring to, I I don't know how or why, but I, I named myself Kevin, Kevinator 2000 at one point in Zoom. It, it sticks. You're right because I don't. Um, nowadays, people just want to get likes and retweets, and they're and they're hoping and dying that they get this viral tweet. But they they do so at the expense of others. And if somebody posted my children on their social media without my knowledge, I'd be pissed. Um, there's another. There's a viral tweet that went around where somebody was going through the bathroom while on whatever. I think that was day one, like and, day one of work from homeland. And there was another one where people were thought. I don't know what they thought, but it was a it was like a college classroom, and they started making out and doing other things before they. Yeah, apparently they were passing the time, uh, but the camera was still on. I digress, but. <laughs> Why do people post those things on social media? Because they want the likes. They want not realizing the embarrassment, which takes me to my next point, the mental health right now, uh, living right now. I mean, you and I are kind of used to this virtual thing, but we have this fear of missing out sometimes. Sometimes I do, or I'll I'll say me. So if my coworkers who are co-located are going out to a happy hour in Denver and I'm here in Indiana, I'm going to... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not mad, but a little part of me is like, dang, I wish I could be there. Um, yeah, totally fair. So I think it's possible that a lot of us are going to go through that. And to combat some of that, we have virtual happy hours, and we have one coming up this week, and we had one two weeks ago, and we all join, you know, some sort of video conferencing. We play board games and and whatnot. So I think there's some. Good- we actually have a Teams channel that's called the Pub. Oh, jeez. And it's actually, it's just a reoccurring meeting that happens every day at 5.30. And whoever shows up, shows up. <laughs> you know, my, my favorite part of this uh, podcast episode so far, Bob, I, I was worried this was going to turn into 10 ways that you can work from home or whatever, because there's like a million of those podcasts. And You're damn straight that I'm going to make that the title, though. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call you Bob Clickbaity Bar. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, nobody does, but I don't tell you that. But <laughs> COVID nineteen: How to survive working from home in twenty twenty. Yeah. There you go. That's the episode title. Um, probably not. In a strange twist, I, I seem to be cleaning my house more, but I, I'm going out less, and uh, I need to get outside more often. The weather's not helping. It's a it's a typical Indiana spring where it's just overcast and rainy and just. Dreadful to go outside. I, oh, had, I miss the Midwest. I've had one day where I could open the windows. I was like, "Yes, this is this is this is it. This is living right here." And that that it was like a week and a half ago. It feels like, so. dude. I think it got up into the seventies here today. I hate you. 
<laughs> I know. In, in the best way possible. Uh, 68 right now. We're, we're, we're on the downward trajectory. Uh, you know what? Me, me uh, going outside is usually involves me taking the trash to the curb and then pulling them back. So right now that's like the highlights of my week. I went to the grocery store yesterday and I don't know if you've gone lately or everyone's kind of got this, oh. you know, they're kind of like sharing each other. Like, uh, like I, it's okay. You can even talk to me if you want, but people are like, uh, they kind of get like do the sign language and look at you weird. And the workers are like, fuck, another person came in, you know, I'm just trying to stock the shelves. Man. Stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> Have you seen the meme that coughing is the new N word? No. <laughs> Wow. Like if you cough in public, like everybody, you like, you get instantly shamed. Yeah. Oh man. Um, the shortages of like masks right now is like hitting the, the new cycle right now. That's kind of on my mind. And we, we didn't cover this. Maybe we should. The communication right now around all this, I guess we did at the beginning. It's kind of weird. Don't wear masks. Now you should maybe wear masks. And it's just getting strange. Well, it's the whole it goes back to your whole caught with our pants down thing. Like we're supposedly allegedly the greatest nation on the planet. And we don't have enough masks for something like this happening. Seems a little weird. We are definitely the richest country. I'll, I'll agree to that. The greatest. <laughs> I, a lot of people say that because they're American and they beat their chests and it's a lot of, you know, nationalist. Oh yeah, we're American. Well, that's but, why I said allegedly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I I look at our healthcare system as a purely for-profit industry. Even though my wife works for a nonprofit hospital, yeah, it's it's a it's a business. Betcha they can't stay open very long if they're not coming close to that profit. Yeah, so I uh, I really look down on our health system here in America and be like, you can say you're the best system anywhere in the world, but it doesn't make it true. I really don't. I really don't feel we've got the best healthcare system. And I give pandemic called COVID-19 as exhibit A right now. We suck. Uh, Our ego, our national ego, definitely biting us in the ass right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, big old slice of humble pie coming in the next two weeks. For sure. I bet you an archaeologist or two will be like, hey, remember the Greek Empire? Remember the Roman Empire? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How about that? (laughs) So we we are living in today's society with the hubris going, we are invincible as a society. We have computers. We have cell phones. Yeah. This pandemic don't give a shit. It doesn't give any shits about that. Um, No, it does not. So. All right. What do we solve today? Not a damn thing. I'm cutting us off at an hour. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rambling at this point. Well, Bob, no, no. I, I was hoping just to talk through just kind of where we're at as a society, through sprinkling some tech in there, uh, a little hypocrisy, a little hubris. And you're right, we didn't solve anything. And uh, But at least we got back on the air. Right? Yes, this was good. It was much needed. I think we've been two plus weeks without an episode and i think it's just because we were both exhausted i don't think we have a ton more energy right now but i think we're learning how to manage it and i think this was a great um a great tool for us to get back to a little bit more normalcy and uh you know we'll do it again next week i think because i feel pretty good right now how about you yeah Uh, this is great thanks 
we'll, we'll throw it up there and we'll have nobody listen because apparently podcasts are very out in the era of COVID-19. So we'll just put this one in the archives. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye. All right, everyone. Till next time. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. 